Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm James Henderson with Bradley Three Ranch in Childress, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've got a cold blast on the way to Texas as harvest is winding down. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It looks like our fields in the Texas High Plains could use a fertilizer boost. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. The orange production outlook for the 2023-24 marketing year, including the Texas Rio Grande Valley. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. A group of Texas farmers and ranchers recently toured farms in the United Kingdom as part of a global ag education trip. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cold weather has moved into Texas as we are winding down harvest of the 2023 crop year. Heading into the cold blast last week, Ockletree County Agent Scott Strawn said there hadn't yet been any freeze damage in the northeast panhandle. Not at this time. In fact, these cooler temperatures like we had that are getting close, that's just kind of basically getting these crops prepared to go ahead and mature out and be harvested. And so we hadn't seen any damage. And I think if we can hold off, as long as we don't get 28 degrees for two or more hours, we're in pretty good shape. Strawn says most of the corn in his county is out of the field, but a freeze shouldn't hurt what's left. I think we're at the point most of this corn is ready to be harvested, and it's mature enough that a freeze on it, if it's late corn, won't affect it. And I'm going to say we're 75 85% done with harvest on corn anyways, and that's been going great. And we're fixing to roll into sorghum. But, yes, the longer we can go on this cotton and sorghum without this kill and freeze, because I think the later cotton in this late sorghum is the bigger concern now. Freezing temperatures moved into the panhandle over the weekend, with the rest of Texas seeing a big drop in temperatures throughout this week. Texas A&M AgriLife is hosting a webinar to help landowners prevent wildfires. To help Texas landowners prevent wildfire on their land, 
The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service will host a webinar called Wildfire and Prescribed Fire on Your Property from noon to 1 p.m. November 2nd. Todd Nightingale, a longtime professional forester and wildland firefighter with the Texas A&M Forest Service, will discuss activities that landowners can implement to prevent and prepare for a wildfire on their property. That webinar is $35 and pre-registration is required. A link is available on today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. Newly elected House Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana is laying out an ambitious plan to get the Farm Bill passed. Johnson says the House should pass the Farm Bill in December, then await Senate action. Johnson is calling for creating a working group to modify the fiscal 2024 spending bill for USDA, FDA, and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. He then wants the full House to consider the bill on the floor the week of November 13th. Soils in the Texas High Plains may need a fertilizer boost. James Hunt tells why. As Texas High Plains farmers work to complete this season's harvest and begin preparing for next season, local agronomist Russell French says now would be a good time for producers to examine their soil. They may find a key nutrient is running short. You know, I've already been taking some soil samples and we just have very little carryover nitrogen out there. French says those big rains we had early in the season did a lot to reduce our nitrogen levels. So whether you want to do it yourself or hire someone, French says getting soil sampling done is very important. And if nitrogen is something you're short on, it's well worth the cost to get it replenished. It's the best return on investment you can get. You know, one pound of nitrogen on average will give you eight to ten bushels of corn. And so if a pound of nitrogen costs 50 cents and you get a bushel of corn, that's worth I-50, that's a 10 times return on investment. There's no place else farmers can put their money and get that type of return. But on the other hand, you don't want to put too much on because that can cause problems also. It's like Goldilocks. You know, we want to get it just right. You know, we don't want the porridge too hot. We don't want it too cold. We want it just right. And a good soil testing program will help them figure that out. And fortunately, nitrogen costs are down significantly from where they were at earlier this year. And speaking of input cost in general, in getting ready for next season, French advises farmers to make use of the good deals that are out there. People want to take a look at reducing input costs but still getting the best products this year. There's always early order dates for seed, uh, chemical purchases, bundling programs. You know, growers need to be taking advantage of all these offerings out there to save money and get the best products to uh, help them grow a good crop for 2024. Russell French is the owner of French Agronomics in Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA has released the latest orange production forecast, including estimates for the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. Tom Nicoletti has the story. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has released its first production forecast for the nation's new season orange crop. The Texas Rio Grande Valley is among the regions in the country that produces oranges. Initial reports are showing primarily a positive outlook nationally for the 2023-2024 marketing year. Lance Honig is with the National Agricultural Statistics Service. It's a combination this time of year of establishing acreage, or maybe put another way, tree counts. Then we've got some other work that we do to establish fruit set per tree, and then ultimately measuring size and drop as well. Those are all critical components to determining orange crop size. And the Valencia portion of the crop actually up 3.94 million boxes from what was produced last year. Non-vowels up 1.73 million boxes. Mark Hudson with USDA in Florida 
breaks down potential orange production by state, starting with Valencia's. Florida is 13 million boxes, California 7.5 million boxes, Texas 350,000 boxes. Then there are the projections for the non-Valencia varieties. For Florida, it's 7.5 million, and for California, it's 37 million of non-Valencias. Texas is 450,000 boxes. Hudson explains year-over-year comparisons of the orange crop in Florida, the nation's number one orange production state. Last year, we had two hurricanes, so that really knocked last year's down. So compared to last year, this first forecast for our all oranges is up 30%. For our non-Valencia oranges compared to last season is up 22%, and for our Valencias, it's up 35% from last season. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A group of Texas farmers and ranchers recently toured farms in the United Kingdom as part of a global ag education trip. Gary Joyner was on that trip and has this report. I'm Gary Joyner and I'm in South Wales today with Kate Bevan, a true ambassador of agriculture in her province as well as uh, international agriculture. Why is agriculture so important to you? Ah, I think agriculture is important across the globe because without agriculture we wouldn't be alive. I mean, we need the food, we need the fibre, we need the environment, you know, it's uh, it's a good all-rounder. You've reached out to the general public and let them see what you do, lambing in particular. Tell us about that experience. Yes, so I think it's important. There's a lot of people, um, particularly in cities and towns, and they get told a little bit about farming, but they don't really get told the whole story. So we invite people out here. We run courses, we have open days, and people can get hands-on um, with the lambing and with various parts of, uh, of the farming process. And you allowed them to see lambing as it was happening? Oh, yeah, as it's happening. In fact, we were involved um, in um, a BBC program called Lamin Live. So we opened up our sheep sheds to three million people each night over five nights. Um, and, yeah, they saw it all. What did you learn from that? What did the public, how did they react? Do you know what? It was amazing. We, uh, it had never been done before. And we were a little bit worried that people might not want to see where their food comes from. Uh, but it was quite the opposite. I have got a huge box full of letters that appeared after the programme that were sent. And they didn't give us our, their, our address. So it was Lamming Programme. Wales is all it said on some of the envelopes and they reached here and it was all positive it was amazing the feedback from people who genuinely didn't understand what went into farming and were going to support our farmers from from that day forth which was yeah it was great you're hosting Texas farmers and ranchers today meeting them for the first time your impression of the group oh a lovely lovely group yeah they're uh, they're throwing themselves into the I mean it's hard work drinking all that cider and eating all that food but oh yeah what a lovely lovely bunch and what's really nice is we've got family ties because we have got a, a Bevan ranch over there um, haven't been over there for a, a couple of decades need to go over and visit again but yes what a lovely group of farmers is there an international language of farmers and ranchers even though the accents and the style of language may be different there is a language that is common don't know what you mean (laughs) y'all yeah yeah it's just it's a family isn't it i mean every you know it doesn't matter where you are on the globe if you're a farmer you're you're part of the big family so yeah this is gary joiner in south wales for the texas farm bureau radio network Registration is now underway for a family-friendly educational birding event. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a muscle disorder called tying up is common in performance horses. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next. 
right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Learn more about Proposition 1 at right2farmtexas.com. That's right, the number 2, farmtexas.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A muscle disorder called tying up is common in performance horses. Dr. Bob Judd says it's caused by multiple factors. Tying up is actually called rhabdomyolysis, which is the breakdown of skeletal muscle causing pain. Typical exertional rhabdomyolysis is related to exercising horses and involves painful muscle cramping. And in some horses, this is a one-time episode, but for some, it is a chronic problem. Dr. Stephanie Wahlberg indicates in the Remuda publication that horses with this syndrome develop a short stride or refuse to move, sweat excessively, and may even have dark red urine in severe cases. Sporadic episodes are usually related to exercising a horse beyond its physical fitness level, especially in hot and humid weather. Factors that contribute are excessive starch or sugar in the diet and a lack of minerals and dehydration. The addition of plain white salt to the diet at one to two tablespoons per day is very important in decreasing tying up. Magnesium, calcium, selenium, and vitamin E should also be included in the diet. As far as horses with recurrent exertional rhabdomyolysis, there is genetic recurrent exertional rhabdomyolysis, polysaccharide storage myopathy types 1 and 2, and malignant hyperthermia. Recurrent exertional rhabdomyolysis occurs mainly in young thoroughbreds and standard breeds, some Arabians and warm bloods, and is most common in race training. It is believed to be a calcium-related disorder that is related to stress. Feeding low-starch and sugar diets with high fat is helpful in preventing the disease, as is a consistent exercise routine. Polysaccharide storage myopathy is related to an of glycogen in the muscle cells. Again, prevention is feeding a low amount of sugar and starch in the diet and regular exercise. If you have a horse that ties up, an accurate diagnosis is important due to multiple causes of this syndrome. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Registration is now underway for a family-friendly birding event. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Registration is now underway for Birding 101, hosted by the Texas Wildlife Association. The program is part of the association's Family Expeditions Program and will be hosted Saturday, November 11th in Richmond. Chad Timmons, TWA Conservation Education Specialist, joins us with more. 
we're partnering with the James B. Harrison Foundation, and so they've been generous enough to open up their gates, allow us to bring some folks onto one of their properties to introduce them to the recreation of birding. We'll talk about bird adaptations, bird habitat, ways to identify birds, different parts of bird anatomy that will help them to identify birds, but also just talking with experienced birders that'll be there about birding basics, like what are some different approaches to birding? What are some different methodologies or strategies to try and make observations of birds? But also binoculars 101. I think a lot of people kind of just assume we know how to operate binoculars, but when you really kind of get into the specifics of using that particular piece of gear, I think a lot of folks realize they don't know as much as they think they know. And so, you know, just to have an operational understanding of binoculars in the field and also introduce them to some citizen science apps, ones that will help them make identifications of birds, but one that also record really important data for scientists to make sound conservation decisions. The event is open to youth ages 9 to 17 and an accompanying adult. You can register for the program on texas-wildlife.org. A link to register is in the events column near the bottom of the website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It is time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. That's right, and there's a huge digital divide in our state. There are still large parts of rural Texas that have little to no access to high-speed internet. I'm State Representative Dwayne Burns. And I'm State Representative Trent Ashby. We're here to ask you to vote for Proposition 1 and Proposition 8. I wrote Prop 1 to protect your right to farm and ranch. It will prevent the abuse of regulatory power, protect the backbone of our rural economy, and ensure safe and affordable food for all Texans. And I wrote Proposition 8, which will create the Broadband Infrastructure Fund to address important upgrades for public safety and provide resources for broadband access in rural hospitals and schools. Let's head to the polls November 7th and vote for Prop 1 and Prop 8. Political advertising paid for by Texas Farm Bureau and Texas Broadband Now PAC. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures finished stronger to wrap up the trading week on Friday, especially the live cattle market. Nice triple-digit gains there. We ended up with October live cattle up 230, 184 even. December up 290 at 182.22. February live cattle up 255 at 182.95. Feeder cattle also finishing higher with November contract up 40 cents, 236.90. January up 62. 235.70. March feeder cattle up 82 cents, 238.57. Cash fed cattle market slow to get going. Cash fed cattle market waited to the end of the week to see any sales to report. 
Texas and Kansas reporting sales at 185 this week. That's a dollar higher compared to the previous week. Northern sales also at 185. That's a dollar lower. So finally, that big spread that we've seen all year long has evened out. We saw prices from north to south range as much as $10 apart earlier in the year. Boxed beef prices higher on Friday. Choice up $1.27, 308.12. Select up 44 cents at 280.13. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Cousin Brian Lentzman, Seguin Cattle Company. They sell sheep and goats and cattle on Wednesday. Cousin Brian, how'd it go? It was good, Larry. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of suspected this uh, board being down a week. I'd call the stocker cattle. I mean, a full 10 to 20 off in places, but the quality wasn't as deep today. Uh, Packer cows and bulls, probably two to three softer, but good two three weight steers, 225 to 325. Three to four weights, 206 to 320. Four to five weights, 183 to 255. Five to six weights, 162 to 236. Six to seven weights, 134 to 230. With seven to eight weight steers, 163 to 212. Heifer mates, two to three weights. 215 to 290 three to four weights 194 to 255 four to five weights 198 to 236 five to six weights 174 to 220 with six seven weight heifers 132 to 210 uh top end of the packer cows 102 today uh had a few pairs uh got them off from 1300 to 1450 and top end of the bulls dollar 25 that's kind of the cattle market how about sheep and goat market Sheep and goats uh, ended up with 570 head of those. Uh, top end of the nannies, $220 with good kid goats bringing from 220 to 330 today. And uh, top end of the door per use, 130 with the good lambs bringing from 180 to 255. Do you know of anything for next week? Well, they say it's supposed to get cool and rainy come Monday, so uh, it probably might be light receipts next week if it's cold and drizzling on Tuesday. So, you know, hell, it's that time of the year. Right. Break out the chili and the dominoes, and let's get ready. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You can give us a call at 830-379-9955, or you can give me a call on my cell phone at 830-305-0652. Thank you very much, Brian. Bye-bye. See you next week, Cousin Larry. Thank you, Brian. And, neighbor, we'll see you tomorrow right back here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network and our program, Walking the Pens. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Orlean Hogs finished sharply higher on Friday. December Hogs gained a dollar eighty-five, closing at seventy forty-seven. February Hogs up a dollar sixty-seven, seventy-three fifty. Class three milk was mixed. The nearby October up a penny, sixteen eighty-five a hundredweight. November milk down thirteen cents at seventeen forty-two a hundred. Cotton closed mixed on Friday. The nearby contract lower, deferred contracts higher. Bottom picking and short covering helping to support those deferred contracts. Also, traders keeping an eye on the rain and cold weather here in Texas, thinking that a small crop is going to get smaller. We close with December cotton down 21 points, 84.38. March cotton up 1, 86.13. The May up 8 at 86.98 cents. The corn market gained a couple of cents on Friday. Nearby December up one and a half at 480 and three quarters. March up two, 495 and a quarter, with May corn up two and a quarter, 503 and a half. Both hard and soft wheat finishing lower Friday. Not a whole lot of news to support the market, so prices drifted lower. December Kansas City wheat down 11 and three quarters, 643 a bushel. December Chicago wheat down four. At 575 and a half. In the energy markets, December natural gas was unchanged at 348. December West Texas crude up $2.85, 21 a barrel. 
The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow down 352 points at 32,431. The Nasdaq up 41, 12,636. The S&P down 21 points at 4,115. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.